It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. We roll through the week. We head towards another big football weekend. Got basketball on the board. Texas men, Texas women. A little history on the Texas women's side last night. Chad and Zay with you on this Thursday. Let's get it started. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. Zay, what's up? Chad, what's popping, man? Woo. How you doing this Thursday? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, I got some things checked off the to-do list this week. But most importantly, we have some positive updates from Cincinnati, Ohio on a Buffalo Bill. I'm really excited about today and this story with DeMar Hamlin. We said yesterday that any little bit of good news was going to be great. And you just didn't want to see anything moving backwards. You didn't want to see anything, you know, on the negative side of it. But today, I saw a word that got me really excited. And that word was awake. Right. One of his teammates felt comfortable enough to put that word out there. And I thought that was pretty impressive. It's Kair Elam tweeted out, Our boy is doing better, awake and showing more signs of improvement. Thank you, God. Keep the prayers coming, please. All love three. Obviously referencing the number of DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, you know, DeMar Hamlin being the tough guy that he is, you knew he was going to fight through this on the positive side. And I'm looking over your shoulder right now at one of our Tom McKay TVs and on the four-letter network it says, in quotes, remarkable improvement. So that's the things you like to hear. And, yeah, it's all you want to hear is positive right now because, you know, it's been a very rough few days. Yeah, so the remarkable improvement, that was in an update that the Bills sent out. Also, it was great to hear that there was a Zoom call with the team, and I believe it was the father of Hamlin. I believe it was Hamlin's dad that did a Zoom call with the team, and the description of it was that the team needed it. And it was his dad, uh, Mario Hamlin, informed the Bills that DeMar was making progress and in the words of one source, quote, the team needed it. And that's from an Adam Schefter tweet. So that was great to hear as well. And you can only imagine, Zay, the positive attitude that that, that could you know, put into a football team. I even read a story about an Indianapolis Colt, one of their safeties, the last name is Rhodes, I believe, who drove an hour and a half because he knows Hamlin very well. They're really close. He drove an hour and a half to be in to, to see if he could get into the hospital room to see him, to get eyes on his friend so he'd feel better about it. And I'm reading that 
he felt better afterwards. Right. So even that, just a little bit of, you know, just looking for that positivity, um, you know, he is still very much, he's still, you know, listed in critical condition, but they are saying that the lung capacity, uh, you know, issues are getting better. Uh, You've probably seen the story that over the last uh, 24 hours or so, there's been a story about the oxygen level that they need to give him going from 100% to 50%. So that's really good news in terms of the oxygen he needs from them, meaning he's able to, you know, obviously start to breathe more on his own. Uh, and so there's just a lot of and, and neuro, I believe I also saw the the term neurologically stable. They feel like he's getting, you know, making developments there. Um, so that's great news. And maybe the bottom line on this whole thing today, Zay, is when you have a story like this in big time sports, at some point the fact that these are big-time athletes starts to matter. Right. And the fact that this is a 24-year-old kid that's in the shape he's in instead of, like, me, if this had happened to me, or somebody driving on 35 right now that might be in okay shape, maybe you're taking care of yourself, you're not an NFL player. Yeah. Yeah, this is an eye-opener for everybody, Chad. Just listening to, you know, B&E this morning, they had Matt Nader on, who's in the medical field, and very specifically with, you know, dealing with people who have heart issues. So it was it was very interesting and very informing to hear his perspective on things from going through what he went through at Westlake High. I told you yesterday, like, when that happened, I was in high school myself. My mom took me straight to the heart doctor Mm -hmm. and then my pops I talked to them last night both my parents and they said I had a regular heartbeat when I was very young so they were always monitoring my heart they just didn't let me know because they didn't want to like worry me or you know have me have that in the back of my mind and stuff so you know I'm fine now but it's it's just a huge eye-opener and I'm I'm not too proud to say I've been arrogant on just how educated I've been on some of these things like I'm not CPR certified. I told my wife yesterday I want to do that this summer. Like I want to yeah. go learn because again I heard Matt Nader say that should be a course taught in high school for everybody. Which that I completely agree on that. Like yep. before you graduate, you should know how to do CPR and maybe save a life. Even though you know you might not have all the resources there at the moment that people in the medical field do. So yeah, I, I definitely want to do that this summer. I I, I worked at Dove Springs Rec Center about 10, 15 years ago, but I was an ignorant teenager and I was, you know, I was spaced out thinking about other things besides right. being locked in into that CPR means. But now in my 30s and being an adult and understanding how important it is, oh yeah, I can't wait to take a class or take whatever test. Yeah, I have to do. it's one of those things that I've always told myself I wanted to do it. I still haven't done it either. I'm 48 years old, said I was going to do it when we were going to have a kid, and then didn't get around to it. Yeah. And kept saying, you know, I always tell myself I'm going to do it. It is something I need to do. It's something my wife has had to do, being associated with Girl Scouts and being a leader and, and also uh, being a bus driver and stuff. Like Some of that stuff is, is required along the way uh, for folks like that. But yeah, that certainly is not a bad idea. Um, and somebody else texted us some of the things they're hearing on stories. Neural Logically intact, lungs recovering, holding hands with family. Whew. Again, it's it's to somebody, and I did see the there's a um, a tweet 
And I'm seeing something up here on ESPN demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. And, yeah, lungs continue to heal, making steady progress. Uh, they do c- still consider him critically ill. So we need to, uh, you know, again, we're trying to report the good news where we have it, but it is still obviously a very, very serious situation, still in critical condition, but improving. And like you said earlier, Zay, the fact that they're considering they, the Bills, able to report through the doctors that uh, really, really good improvement last night in the last day or so. So that continues to be great, uh, you know, great news and, and positive news there with DeMar Hamlin. We will get into the NFL part of it. Um, because the schedule is out there, and they, in the last 24 hours they have scheduled the Bengals-Ravens game, and I would assume that now that this kind of news is coming in for the Bills, that they are going to play the Patriots, although as of yesterday that was not technically 100% accurate. We had J.D. Lewis on yesterday talking fantasy, and I kind of thought he misspoke at first when he said that, when he's like, I think the Bills are going to play. I guess they're going to play. And I thought, what do you mean you guess they're going to play? But then I started reading stories, and the NFL, as of yesterday afternoon, was still leaving open the option for the Bills to not play if they really didn't want to. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So I, I would hope that in terms of the football side of it, assuming this team would want to play if they got good news from their teammate, is this enough good news this week from Hamlin if they're really able to consider him? Hey, man, he's awake. He is awake. He's holding hands with family members. Obviously, that feels like it's headed in the right direction. Does that then make them officially say, by the way, if anybody wonders, yeah, we're going to play on Sunday. They're scheduled to play Sunday at noon, and so are the Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, it's one of those things that – you know, we've been talking about it all week. Somebody's going to lose in this situation, whether it's going to be the Bills having to play extra games and not getting that bye week if they were to play this past Monday night and, you know, somehow Kansas City loses this week. I don't know. But, you know, the Patriots situation, they they were looking for, you know, playoff hopes themselves. So they, you know, in a way need this game to get back in the playoff race. Yeah, that's true. No, there's there's uh, we'll get into the all the different kind of manifestations of it, but there's there's different, you know, different angles to it. In fact, I was today I, t- I said I was getting some things checked off the to-do list. I was getting uh, the oil changed in my car and shout out to Lambs up in Pflugerville. Been trusting them for years. Um, and one of their guys is a Bengals fan. And he was talking through it with another one of the, the guys working there, and I could hear him walking through it of, well, they beat them, and what if this? and if this? So now we're to that point of the week where the discussions have to be had, and to me, by close of business tomorrow, by media dump time on a Friday, I think the NFL needs to clearly declare what they want to do here. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll get into it at 1230. I've got an easy path for the NFL to not have to play the game. There's a fairly easy path in terms of who wins and who loses. But if you don't have that combination... You're talking about the Bills-Bengals game, not Bills-Patriots. Bills-Bengals, correct. Okay. There's a path to me where you could say, all right, we can figure something else out a different way. Let's move forward. We don't have to play that game if you wanted to. But any other combination, you might have to figure out what you want to do. I think they may need to figure that out in the next day. So we'll get to that uh, coming up. We also have some Longhorn news to update you on here on the Horn. Of course, we are the flagship for uh, UT and all the sports, including football, bringing you the Cowboys games as well. Um, but for in terms of the Longhorn, Zay, it is transfer portal time. 
and we've got a guy in the portal, and we've got a guy, if you're a Longhorn fan, hopefully not in the portal. And uh, the guy in the portal is Ovi Agofu. The uh, the defensive edge player transfer from Notre Dame. He'll now be headed to his third school with one year left. This past season, he had 50 tackles, 20 solos. He got 11 starts, but Ovia Gofu moving on. Um, and if you know the Longhorns roster and signing class, this should be a position, Zay, where there is talent there and talent on the way. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Ovia Gofu, you know, he really played hard this season, and, you know, in this two years here, you could say that the production numbers might have not been where you wanted it to be, but that's kind of the defensive line as a whole. Yes, they were really good this year at stopping the run, and yes, they were good at getting pressure on the quarterback, but we know at the end of the day, they could not get the quarterback down, and you just talked about Ovia Gofu's this season stats, but for his two years here at Texas playing under Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Kwiatkowski's defense. He had 96 total tackles, 14 tackles for losses, 4.5 sacks, and 5 pass deflections. So that's a height, but you know, at the end of the day, when you got guys like Baron Sorrell, who started off really hot this season, to kind of slow down uh, toward the end of the year, you know, like you said, that definitely makes room for competition. Justice Finkley, what is he going to do coming into a sophomore season? Look for him to have a big sophomore year. Look for the Westlake alum, Ethan Burke. Mm-hmm. Look for him to have a big-time sophomore year to get bigger and stronger. We know the guys that they got coming in with, you know, Colton Vosick, we know how good he was, an all-flex player. We've been watching him all year, so he has a chance to make some noise and get some serious clock early in the 2023 season. So does uh, Galette out of Teague, Texas, is also a four-star uh, edge rusher. So there's plenty of competition that we're going to see in the springtime, but you know, you're definitely going to see Steve Sarkeesian and this coaching staff looking to transfer portal to see if they can pluck anybody because you need bodies at the end of the day if you want to make a long run and get to the Final Four college football playoff. Yeah, so again, uh, you know, all the best to, to Ovi. He had a nice tweet thanking Longhorn fans and, the, and the, the program for being a part of it. This guy has now been a part of two of the elite blue blood historic college football teams. That guy knows there are very few people that could tell you they know what it's like to wear that shiny gold helmet and play in South Bend in front of those people and then come wear the icy whites and wear the burn orange and white and play in front of these folks at DKR. Very few can tell you what that's like. Ovi can do that now. So, I mean, I'm not trying to put pressure on him, Zay, but where does he go now? Michigan, Ohio State, USC? Like, dude, you've set a standard. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what, like, do you, what do you do? Yeah, Notre Dame and Texas, similar but also very different. And, yeah, he's going to have some big-time shoes to fill. We'll see what he does, but definitely wish him the best. Played hard for the horns, and that's all you could ask for. Maybe he wants to go challenge himself academically and go to Yale. Yo, as long as he don't go to uh, Texas Tech or TCU. like There my you man, go. Old defensive end that's really good for Oklahoma State. He went up to Norman. Oh, I couldn't believe when I heard that. What a snake is move. That, is it Ford that did that? I think so. Ooh, I really liked him at Oklahoma State. What a snake-ass move. And now I can't root for him anymore. I never root for him, but damn sure can't root for him now. Like, man, that's cold-blooded. That's crazy. Yeah, see, I always know which side I'm on with Bedlam. So I've always been able to root for Oklahoma State in certain situations, certain games, especially that one, because I can't stand OU. 
And I, I read that story about a week ago. I'm like, wait, he's transferring where? Yeah, your boy uh, Godlieb, who was a Oklahoma State Cowboy back oh, in yeah, his, Doug? Uh, playing basketball days, he like went off on social media. He was hot. Like, talk about somebody that just felt completely turned on and backstabbed hey, let me, let as me, an alum. Let me just say, even in this day and age of transfer portal, and I'm all for the freedom of players, every single college football program should have one team they can write in. You just can't go. <laughs> that should be the understanding. Before you sign the L, everybody, everybody, we talk about NIL, but remember there's an NLI, the National Letter of Intent. Before your signature hits the NLI, you are told, let's take the, the current example, the, the local example. John Tay Cook, I'm just going to use him because he he's, you know, was in, just in that all-star game, stud out of DeSoto. When John Tay Cook agrees and signs. You know what? Come, don't use it. To, I'm sorry. Don't use it. I don't mean to cut you off. Let's oh. use somebody more realistic. Evan Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be more realistic no, here. Okay. Let's right, just fine. be more realistic. All right, That's all I'm saying. All right, all right. I'll play your game and we'll use Evan Stewart. <laughs> play my game. When Evan Stewart signed the NLI. To declare that he was going to be a Texas A&M Aggie for years and years and years. A&M, in my opinion, has the right to say, no matter what happens in your career, you're not allowed to transfer to Texas. Here's the pen. Everyone has a right to do it. Oklahoma State has a right to do it. You pick your school. If you're SMU, you make it TCU. If you're Michigan, you make it Ohio State. We all know what the obvious would be. You should not be able to transfer from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma. That's just that's my old school fandom, but I still think the school should have one one they should tell you you can't go to. Yeah, I hear you, old head. Evan, if you're listening to it right now, what I said about long, I don't mean that for you, dog. Oh, if you come to oh. the 40, you ain't no snake. Oh, you're I a see. smart man. <laughs> you're a smart man that got his mind twisted in a dark right. place, clearly, with Jimbo's scheme. Hey. Now you got to deal with, oh, man. You got to deal with this old neck brace coming in there, seeing if that offense is going to be good. Have fun with that. The words you're looking for are great offense. He's going to have to deal with a great offense and a coordinator who knows how to call plays and can just change the whole thing. He does, but it's not like there's already no distractions in College Station right now. Let's just bring them in. Bring them in and all. You should. The memes it's are terrific. Cal- it's a calm place. It really is. Nothing going on. Nothing to see. <laughs> nothing to see hey, right they, now. And them, they got volleyball players too. Uh, oh, good Lord. Good <laughs> Lord. That's all I'm there saying. There is no need. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. Come on. People can change. Now, yeah. by the way, if uh, Ole Miss, excuse me, if Auburn is going to restrict Hugh Freeze's phone usage and stuff. What does AM do to Bobby Petrino? That's what I'm saying. What kind of rules are put in place there? You're, yeah. You're not allowed to go to certain <laughs> other sporting <laughs> events. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, um, I love it. Let's finish up the Longhorn uh, issues because yesterday I was hearing word, Zay, that there might be another Longhorn going into the portal out of the running back room wasn't official it wasn't done but I just heard okay you know there's a question out there about Jaden Blue and apparently there were some insider stories where folks were even confident enough to maybe go on record and say hey you know we think Jaden Blue's going to be in the portal well Jaden Blue uh in this Twitter world at Jaden Blue 23 by the way if you want to give him a follow uh he then tweets out the words locked in 
with the hands making the heart sign, whatever the heck you call that, that emoji. And then uh, soon after that, you want to hear me say something that doesn't sound cool? Here it is. He tweets out, let's work 100. Is that the way to say that? 100. 100. You don't say the D, 100. Right, because if I say 100, then that's really wrong. That's lame, yeah. Let's work 100. 100. (laughs) There you go. Let's work 100. He also tweeted that out to let you know. So that would tell me, Zay, much like Xavier Worthy and a number change, because we haven't heard anything since then, that would tell me that Jaden Blue is ready to continue to be a Longhorn, and there's no need to worry about transfer portal. Is that how you're reading that? I guess. You just never know with these guys nowadays. And, you know, you look at Jaden Blue's situation, you never know. You know, you just never know when your name's going to be called. I mean, Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks, you look at Steve Sarkeesian in a way that those guys were utilizing the Alamo Bowl. I mean, you can't take much from that. This guy didn't give uh, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson carries when he needed to. So, you know, if you're Jaden Blue, how, how, how do you take that? If those guys are getting carries at times and I'm sitting back at third string at the moment and then we got Cedric Baxter coming in, which we're all assuming here like we're not dumb guys a big time running back 6'2 220 pounds five-star guy coming out of florida we know how good yep. that florida area is you know florida state and florida uh, <laughs> uh university they were on him hard so it seems like he's gonna be able to really fight for serious competition to be rb1 so uh, for Jaden blue he's in a tough place don't forget trey weisner from uh, uh desoto he's also going to come in there but he's yep. kind of a swiss army knight, especially the way he was utilized in the state championship game and how the solo used him all season, so I think you know he he could be used that way at Steve Sarkeesian's system. But yeah, I, I think Jaden Blue he's he's in a tough situation, and I wouldn't knock him if he went and just put his name out on that transfer portal just to see. I mean, you could always come back. You can, yeah, right. But j- just to see, you know, and see your worth. We've been talking about all year with how much money you could get and how much money's on the line. Go throw your name out there, see your worth. If you feel like you're not going to get any clock here with all those running backs in that room, which it's a deep room, then, yeah, I can't knock you for leaving or throwing your name in there. The other thing that he tweeted out, that he, in fact, has pinned to the top of his account, take that for what it's worth, is a hook'em emoji and the hands making the heart emoji and a picture of himself in a pra- in practice gear that is clearly burnt orange with a 23 on it. That's so what I'm saying. Like, I, I was upset that he didn't get any carries against Washington. Yeah. Like, it, it's just... Well, that, you know, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing because Keelan Robinson, that clearly wasn't, you know, working on the run game. And then Jonathan Brooks, I mean, those guys didn't have enough opportunities to really say so. But I I still think, yeah, Blue, he, he's in a tough situation right now. Yeah, and the one, thing, um, the one thing I think we can say safely right now that Sarkeesian can say to a family about recruiting a running back is I will not overuse your son. <laughs> I will not. I won't do it. Yeah. There will be no issues of overusage. I can promise you that. But yeah, going into it, you need to know as the running back, you, even if you're the guy, Bijan can tell you what that means. So if you are fighting to be the guy, you have to understand that it is about the quality 
of the reps you're going to get, the quality of the touches and what you do with them, it is not going to be about quantity yeah. of touches. Yeah, and one of the best examples also when you go into those parents' homes and you go into these running back, you know, four-star, five-star guys' homes and you're trying to pitch them to come to the 40, it's also, you know, even though we got guys like Bijan Robinson – you could play no matter what, like Roshan Johnson, and do a little bit of everything and be on kickoff team and be on punt return and do be a little Swiss Army knife at time and, you know, the road cat. We saw that at times, even though it didn't work, like, you know, we probably would have liked. We, we did see it. So, you know, Roshan Johnson, he's really worked his way to be an NFL player, and that's not only from being a running back, that's also being a great leader and doing all the little things. So if you could buy into everything that comes with being a running back here at the University of Texas, then, hey, that, that's a great pitch, and that's a big reason why Jaden Blue probably staying. Yeah, and now things are swinging back the other way to where there is, uh, let's see, there's something on Twitter now from Hook'em Headlines saying Jalen Blue shuts down transfer talk, not transferring, here to stay, Hook'em, and all of that. So, it looks like Jaden Blue is going to be sticking around Ovia Gofu into the transfer portal. That's your latest Longhorn news in uh, transfer portal land. Uh, coming up, maybe a little on the national title game, we do have TCU and Georgia coming up. In the crap bag today, I'll get you some sobering numbers if you are on either side of the house divided. Good Lord, I looked at the full numbers, backed up, took the full look. Whew, Longhorns, Aggies pretty sad. I'll give you the numbers coming up at 1245. Up next, though, NFL Week 18, the games that have been scheduled, and what could happen with this Buffalo-Cincinnati game. I will tell you the path that could lead the NFL to not have to worry about it. That's next on The Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. started on a Thursday musically. Zay, I don't recognize it right away. Should I? No, you shouldn't. How far back? Uh, 70s. Okay, we're going back to the 70s. Yeah, we know the 70s is always uh, Eli Manning to your Tom Brady in this music thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the helmet catch. Um, Man, you've played Boz Skaggs before. It's not Boz Skaggs. Was Boz Skaggs in the group? Nah, I don't think so. Who Grassroots. Is? Grassroots. No, no. Glory Bound. Good song, though. Yeah. Like it. I'm it's sure g- somebody could appreciate it. 
for the, even though we don't know who they are. For the fans of more recent music, when I heard it, it has a little bit of the Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats vibe to it. And that band reminds me, that's a 70s rock feel to it. So that's kind of the feel, but it felt like it was going back to that time. So yeah, uh, apparently I need to get into the grass roots. So we'll start that on a Thursday. Uh, Zay's always got a lot of cool music for you. So hang on for all of that. We got great text already rolling in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. And the most important thing about today in sports is the positive updates that continue to come in on DeMar Hamlin. Little bit at a time, but the words remarkable improvement, the fact that one of his teammates literally tweeted out the word awake it's being reported he's holding hands with family members like that is awesome and Zay on some level I am hoping that we're getting close to the moment where somebody can let him know how much money the foundation has right because I think that might ultimately that might officially get him you know, over that over that hump to okay. Now he's not. In, they told him, and he's not in critical condition anymore because that's going to make him so happy when he finds out. Yeah, and such a sad moment. Glad that something so positive like that could come out of it. That toy drive charity out of that part of Pittsburgh that he's from. I think that's big time. Where are they at? Like over what five million? Uh, last I heard, it was like five five and a half five million, something yeah, like that's that. Insane. That's so awesome, man. That's it's just incredible stuff. That Bills Mafia is no joke. By the way, before we move on to the NFL, one of your one of the the, the guys you've admitted was a favorite of yours in pro wrestling had a, a little angle on that story. Did you hear about the Chris Jericho part? No, of the donations. Chris Jericho went into the GoFundMe to help out uh, to help out Demar Hamlin's uh, foundation. He goes in, donates $5,000, and signed, and then put, uh, typed his name in wrong. And then hit send and just moved on. And then he went, I, he went back or somebody mentioned it to him and said, Hey, dude, are you Crust Jericho? He's like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, there's a, on the GoFundMe, it says Crust Jericho. So he goes back, donates 5000 more, and spells it out, Chris Jericho. Wow. So, yes, there you go. The, oh, man. The, Mr. Jericho himself, who's referring to himself right now as the Ocho in, in <laughs> AEW. The, Yo, le- the legend Chris Jericho. He is such a legend. Not many people could say they're a legend in WCW, WWE, and AEW. Oh, Not many in, people could say that. Yeah, I watched uh, a little Dynamite last night. If you have not seen the AEW crowd singing one of his songs back to him for his ring entrance... It's magic. Yeah. It gets me emotional every time. Have you seen it yet? Emotional? Dude, it's incredible. I have it. So he's a lead singer of a a, like a metal band called Fozzy. And the song I believe is called Judas in My Mind. And they sing it back to him as he's coming to the ring. I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's goofy. With the crowd, and he loves it every time. He's got this smile on his face like, I can't believe they're shouting. And they're screaming it at him. It's so cool. But shout out to not only Chris Jericho, but anybody. I know a lot of you might have gone onto that GoFundMe. Uh, I need to do it. I told myself last night, man, you got to get into that GoFundMe. Be part of that five, six, seven million, whatever it's going to be. So if you've done that, uh, thanks, uh, thanks to you. That's just an incredible story. And it leads us into the NFL part of the discussion. Because I'll say it again, by close of business tomorrow, because they're going to kick off on Saturday. And by they, I mean the Chiefs. The Chiefs kick at like 3.30. Certainly by that kick, everybody at the top of the AFC needs to know what's going to happen. So, Zay, here's my easy formula for how they might not have to deal with the game itself. The Bills, 
uh, Bengals game. So if Kansas City wins, they're 14-3, and three, and it would mean mathematically the Bengals can't catch them. All right? So that's the first little part of it. So Kansas City wins. If Buffalo loses, they'll be 12-4. Uh, and four. So if the Patriots beat them, they'll be 12-4, and four, and they can't have the one seed. So at that point, all you'd need is for Cincinnati to win – because remember, we got to figure out their division. If they win, they're 12-4. and four. They would win the division outright, but they would not get the one seed. Kansas City would get the one there, and the only thing the NFL would have to do is break a tie between Buffalo and Cincinnati for the two and the three seed. And they, the Bengals already said they're good with whatever Buffalo wants to do. Is that right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Because then they'd be tied at overall record, division record, and conference record. I double-checked the numbers this morning. They'd have a three-way tie there, so they would literally have to get down to what do you want. And if the Bengals said that, then the Bills would get the two. They're, I think they're saying yeah. they would yeah, they're, they're good go, with that. go ahead to give them the two seed. Here's the other interesting little wrinkle. As of this moment, we are scheduled, if everything holds, we are scheduled for back-to-back Ravens at Bengals and back-to-back Patriots at Buffalo. So... Don't play your guys this week. That's that's one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm right? those coaches, like, okay, now we have a legit reason to sit guys. Like, that's crazy. So any other combination, though, you got some issues. Yeah. You have things you'll have to deal with uh, if other combinations happen of wins and losses. And we won't go through all of them here, but the NFL's got to decide. Do you want to make the – and you said – okay, now if you're – and I hadn't heard that update. If the Bengals are saying, we'll do whatever the Bills want, then ultimately are they making this McDermott's choice and the team's choice? Like, do they need to take a team vote here in the next day? Yeah, I was – you would like to say it's the team, but you know it's going to come down to the NFL making the ultimate decision. So they're going to – hopefully include the Bills in I would as hope. much as possible, but it's going to be their decision. And, yeah, the Bengals, even if the Bengals say that they're good with what the Bills do, the NFL, they're still going to look at it as we're going we're gonna to make the decision no matter what anyway. So Yeah, and then you get to what do they need to do. I've heard a rumor today of are they thinking about the NFC going ahead to play and the AFC getting a bye, a bye week, to wait on the Bengals and Bills, I would retort with, well, wait a minute, you're rewarding everybody but the Bengals and Bills. They're the ones going through the trauma. Right. They're the ones dealing with it. Is that really what you want to do? But then you go to the Bills. What they're going through today, they were on that Zoom call. They know what Hamlin is dealing with right now, and they know whatever it is. If they have this feeling of rah, rah, our guy would want us to play – and that's what they tell their head coach. And their head coach contacts the league office and says, hey, you tell Zach Taylor, we're playing him. We'll play him in a Walmart parking lot. But we're playing because we think Hamlet would want to play. Well, then they've got to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, I, and it seems kind of storybook movie-like if the Bills make a run. Oh. Everybody picked them to win 
the Super Bowl earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. A lot of teams did. And then, you know, when you watch Patrick Mahomes do what he does, and we kind of fell in love with what the Eagles were doing early on, and now they got the Jalen Hurts situation, and, you know, the Bills, they've been solid all year long. They've had some, you know, uh, uh, injuries on the defensive side, but at the end of the day, they still got Josh Allen. They still got really good defense overall. They still got a top-tier wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, so they could easily make a run and win the Super Super Bowl and like you said if they have any added extra motivation to do so and would say okay yeah Hamlin has our back and you know DeMar Hamlin would want us to play then yeah that's just right. gonna juice them up even more yeah so again Kansas City wins Buffalo loses Cincinnati wins I think then you could deal with it fairly easily because both Buffalo and Cincinnati would have a home playoff game and neither would be the one seed that would be the easy part. Yeah. The tough part is those other combinations that would involve Kansas City and possibly even Baltimore uh, that would get a little confusing. But I think a lot of teams are going to do what you said the Bengals have done. They're gonna, there's going to be deference to the Bengals, the Bengals uh, on one level, and then obviously the ultimate level is the Bills because they're the ones dealing with it. They're the team that's dealing with the teammate issue, so uh, they're going to let them decide. Right now, no official word on what they're going to do, but I'm guessing in the next day or so they will figure that out. So a lot of football on the board, obviously getting ready for that national title game with TCU and Georgia. Speaking of college football, up next in the crap bag, some sobering truth for the house divided. Longhorn fans, Aggie fans, you want to know how bad it is? I'm going to tell you how bad it is on the horn. Can you hear it? Yeah, I hear it. But you can hear that it's him, right? You can hear Jericho? That doesn't sound like Chris to you? No. No? Okay. It sounds good. It is good. But if you would have told me this was some other big-time artist, I would have said I, not thinking it was big-time wrestling champion Chris Jericho. It's so catchy. It is so catchy. The chorus is coming up. Dude, there's, they just sing the whole thing. Here it is right here. Mm. God, it's so good. AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. We were talking Chris Jericho earlier because he donated to uh, DeMar Hamlin. He messed up his name when he spelled it, so he went and donated $5,000 more dollars. Well done, Mr. Jericho. Yeah. He's one of those crossover names, right? Not, that's not just you, right? There's enough people that know Chris Jericho where you could talk about him and not get accused uh, of being too much of a wrestling nerd, right? I don't know about that. Okay, one. fair enough. I tried. Yeah. I tried, Chris Jericho. By the way, one other quick wrestling. I love Chris Jericho, but he's no Hulk Hogan. No, he's not. Obviously not. No, no. Not the name like that. But uh, one other quick nerdy wrestling reference. I said this when I went to AEW here live. I could watch Samoa Joe and Darby Allen have a match forever. They are so good together. They had a great match last night for uh, the what is it, the TNT Championship, the television belt. Samoa Joe is one of the best big men I've ever seen in my life, and Darby Allen is a stud. That dude 
is wonderfully sick. He was in, they were in Seattle, his hometown, and he's just this perfectly he's this like thin skater goth guy that paints half his face a skull, and he will jump off anything and land on anything to entertain you. He is so good. All right, enough AEW talk. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. When I think of Samoa Joe, I think of all those great like Polynesian <sighs> legends. I don't know if Yokozuna was Polynesian, but he Yokozuna reminds me was of, Japanese, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah, he reminds me of like somewhere along that line, Rikishi, those guys. Samoa Joe's a badass man. He's great, and he's got one of the greatest villain faces ever. Just resting heel face. Yeah, that might be it. The look those on those guys I just named—they got oh, a good mean face. That look on his face, like. Y'all know you're here to see me, right? You know I'm going to win, right? There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that guy. All right, a lot of stuff on the board, including the national title game with TCU and Georgia. We'll talk about that coming up at 1. We continue to talk about the NFL and how they're going to deal uh, with this Bills-Bengals game. Are they going to play it? Are they not going to play it? Officially, uh, we do not know, but we'll continue to discuss that. Uh, Longhorn football news at the top of the hour. We told you uh, Ovia Gofu into the portal, but it would appear that Jaden Blue is just happy where he is, because he has uh, tweeted out some reaffirming things to the Longhorns, including the words, locked yeah, in. Yeah, some people made some great points on the Specs text line, because sometimes when you throw your name in a transfer portal, it kind of gets you in a sour place with your coach, depending on if your coach you know, gets salty about that type of thing. I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian mm. is that. We, we don't know, but hey, that, that could be an issue. So, you know, you would like to think that coaches would be objective, especially with how much they be moving around and just leaving their team for the next best option. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, it could backfire. Yeah. By the way, before we get into the crap bag, apparently, Zay, you were absolutely correct about Yoko Zuna, even though he was portrayed as Japanese. He, uh, according to multiple texters, is also Samoan. Uh, I knew it! From the, ro- the the family of The Rock and Roman Reigns and uh, all that stuff. So multiple listeners, including uh, my man Rick Sacamano, who's listening yeah. right now. Shout out to all those wrestling freaks who are correcting me. I never knew that. I feel like there's like ties with like Rikishi and Yokozuna. Okay. And there's another dude yeah, that, family, that I watch. <laughs> Ugana, Umanda, you something. It starts with a U, though, and he was big and nasty. He was not. He was a little bit after the Attitude Era. Uh, uh, um, they gonna um, let me know. Y'all gonna yeah. let me know. Umaga, Umaga, Umaga. That's who you're thinking of. Umaga, Umaga. Umaga. Who you're thinking Ooh. of? Yeah, yeah. Know some talent there. Them no boys doubt. used to cause havoc. Dude, that's just—it's incredible. Yeah, the big man with the the big man with incredible feet that can put on great shows yeah. like Samoa Joe can. It, it's a rare, rare breed. He is so so good. All right, um, let's get into the crap bag here. I got some truth for Longhorns and Aggies as we get ready for this title game. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just. Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. If you listen to me for any amount of time, you know I am all about the truth. I am all about the reality of it, and I am not your normal Aggie. Which means, when I talk about Longhorns and Aggies, you can pretty much assume that we're coming at this from the informational standpoint. I want the rivalry to be great. I want it to be played again. It's my favorite college football game ever. I'm glad it's going to come back. But we have to be truthful about what these two programs are doing right now. Not much. 
here's your hard data from the last decade. I decided to make it an easy 10 years that we would look at. And here's what I'm looking for. Nine win seasons. Or if you are in the SEC or ACC, to make it apples to apples, I need you to have either 10 wins in your SEC or ACC, or I need you to not schedule two garbage non-conference games. <laughs> I'm sorry to all you Aggie fans and ACC fans and SEC fans. we got to try to make this a close comparison. So in the last decade, you know how many nine-win seasons the Longhorns have? One. One. 2018 is the year, Zay. You'll remember it. 10-4, and and you beat Georgia. Sam Ellinger said something we won't repeat, but it was a good team. That's a good football team. Yeah, that was a good team. For the Aggies, the only one I can give them credit for in the last decade, it is one. It's 2020. That's the year they played all SEC games. They beat North Carolina in the bowl. I will absolutely consider that a nine-win season. Those other two? I'm not. Go look at the schedule and you'll know why. But here's the sick truth. There's two levels of comparisons where both these teams are so behind. Zay, check this out. In the last decade, Baylor has had five, nine win seasons. What's tough to hear? TCU, about to play for a title. They've had four. Kansas State has had three That means all three of those teams have more than the Longhorns and the Aggies combined in the last decade. The only team in the state you could brag on is Texas Tech. If you're an Aggie or a Longhorn, you got one, they got none. So go ahead and get on your Texas Tech friends about that. Oklahoma's got eight, by the way. You want to head towards the elite level? Oklahoma's got eight out of the last ten. Michigan's got six. Georgia's got seven. Clemson and Ohio State each have nine. And Bama has all Ten. By the way, the rival for Bama, Auburn. They've even got two. The rival for Clemson is South Carolina. They've even got two. Come on, man. In the last decade, South Carolina has as many nine-win seasons as the Longhorns and the Aggies combined. Oh, my goodness. Got me out here talking like Terrence Howard. Come on, man. Wow. So I'm just giving you the truth. As I see it, because this is not just about that TCU and Sonny Dykes in his first year. I know that's getting Longhorn fans flipped out right now and probably should get Aggie fans flipped out right now, too. Oh, my God, in his first year, he's playing for a national title and this and that, and let's compare it to our team. In the last decade, if you put the seasons together, that's 20 years of football, and I can only give you two? Even if we give the Aggies the other two, that's four out of 20. That's you going to brag about that? That's what I'm saying, Chad. People on Specs text like, come on, Zay. You got to brute for TCU. They're your home state team. They're in the Big 12. Hell no. No. Now, see, I get that logic. This when is you, why. When you put them stats right. on the table, when you just threw them out oh. there, that's why I ain't rooting for no TCU because that is BS. Charlie Strong's, ah, man, you owe us money. That's how I feel. Tom Herman, you do too with your new skinny Tom Brady workout plan that you got. Mm-hmm. You, look, you look weird, Tom. I can say it now. You're gone. You look, you look different, you know. Well, yeah. maybe he's not with, uh, you know, supposedly jewelry <laughs> lady, but that's allegedly. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he's clean as, you know, clean as, 
in the slate a little bit, but uh-huh. still, I'm very bitter. I'm very petty. That's very annoying to hear. And yeah, that's a huge reason, basically the reason why I can't root for TCU come Monday. Yeah. Can't do it. No, I, it, it makes sense. And you know, I've I've pointed it out, and it'll be even bigger when they get to the SEC. The only state that has two 100,000-seat capacity stadiums is Texas. And y'all know what the two are. It's not Baylor and TCU. It's not Tech and SMU. It's the Longhorns and the Aggies. And that's what they're putting on the field. So I understand the away-from-the-field discussion about what Jimbo just did with Bobby Petrino and all that. He's got to try something, Zay. Yeah. He's got to try something. So whatever it is, and you get in, and I don't even know who to get more, who to rip on more, honestly, of those two teams. Because I could go to the Aggies and say, you guys are scheduling that kind of schedule every year in non-conference, and you can't figure out. But they got to play an SEC schedule too. Yeah. So you have that part of it. And then with the Longhorns, with both of them, you talk about the level of talent they're getting. You talk about the facilities that they're producing. You talk about the talent in this state to go get. Which one of them One of them being so close to that Houston talent, the other having access to, let's be honest, all of the talent in the state that they'd want, and that's all they've produced the last decade. Yeah, this is the greatest state for high school football. It's not even close. And it used to be if you're a top-tier player from Texas, you're either going to College Station or you're going to Austin, yep. preferably going to Austin. But, you know, that's just not what it is now. We see all the guys that Ohio State's plucked over the few years, the guys Nick Saban's gotten, Lincoln Riley. We know you. they love coming down here, and now it's – fed off to, you know, uh, TCU. Hell, Quentin Johnston went to Temple. Right up the road. Yes. That's right up the road. Yeah. We, him and Jacob Wiley. The fact that Jacob Wiley's about to win the ring, I, I appreciate what Jared he did. Wiley. Jared Wiley. I'm yeah. sorry. Jared Wiley, I appreciate what he did here. That still upsets me. That should upset you. You know what upsets me? Watching Baylor Cup catch passes for texts. <laughs> There's other issues there, but that stuff makes me mad. Yeah. When they should be yours? When they should be yours and they're not. I totally get being productive. Yeah, what do you think of when McCoy? What what do you think of when Brew McCoy's catching balls for Tennessee? One of the biggest plays of the year that we don't talk about enough that you know we miss when we talk about the TCU Texas game. Yeah, we talk about Bijan Robinson only getting twelve carries, the Kendra Miller seventy-five yard run, Terrence Brooks missed coverage with Anthony Cook that led to the Quentin Johnston touchdown. But what we don't talk about the missed block or missed a, a, a holding call on Jacob Wiley. That wasn't called Jared Wiley. Jared Wiley. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jared Wiley. I mean, he wasn't good enough for me to say his name correctly. That's all. That's it. If he was good enough. I get his name right. That's just what it is. You know you that. You know Billy Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Wiley, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that he just great, huge hold, no call. They went down, scold, ball game. It led to that Kendra Miller uh, uh, run like two plays later. <laughs> so it's just like I, I ain't going for these fools. I can't do it. Like yeah. somebody in the Specs text line said, I hope TCU loses by 50. I'm with them. That's where you are. Yeah, Indeed. No, I totally understand it. All right. Uh, sorry we're late there. Thought we'd, uh, the truth always pisses me off and gets me talking too much. So let's get back into the national title game itself. We'll get a little TCU Georgia talk in. NFL Week 18. And good news on the story of DeMar Hamlin. We'll tell you about a couple of those words that are leaking out today that sound really, really good. Next on The Horn.